You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou... Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, on this day it is the intent of your servant to focus on several words. In prayer, I would like to focus on the word of wisdom, knowledge that we know how to apply. Lord, help us this morning to understand through wisdom given to you how these things apply to us. It is in your precious name, Lord Jesus, that we ask for these things in this way. Amen. Amen. No less than four times in the last two weeks have we heard the scripture text from the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. And here's what it says there. In the fullness of time, God has sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that they may receive full adoption as sons. And again, on this day, we hear that word again, fullness of time. In the 10th verse of the Ephesian letter, it was God's plan in the fullness of time that he would unite all things on, in heaven and all things on earth. So we need to know what this fullness of time is. How do we understand it? How was it brought about? And that would be the intent this morning, to take a closer look at how God prepared the world for the coming of the Christ, which was the fullness of time. We can only do it in an overview. We can't do it in an in-depth view because it would take a long time because God put this plan into motion for thousands of years. So we will only begin to look at it in around 350 B.C. And the first thing we need to take a look at is the rise in power of Alexander the Great. This would be the first time in history that instead of having small kingdoms deposited all over the place, being in contention with each other, it would be under the kingship of Alexander the Great that this would become more of a one kingdom position. So God used Alexander's military prowess in order to assemble the God's, God's people all of God's creation under one government. But the most important thing that Alexander brought by purpose of God was Hellenistic culture. 
Hellenistic culture something that we still participate in to this very day. And one of the things that Alexander introduced to the kingdom at that time was the thirst and hunger for knowledge. Alexandria had this wonderful library. Under this Hellenistic culture, you had different type of philosophical schools. So knowledge and education and the willingness and wantonness of God's people, all people at that time, was to be able to take some of this knowledge in and make sense of it. But the philosophical schools would become even more important because they would encourage people to listen to all of these different ideas and try to see how they apply. It was used as a way for God to encourage and make ready for the coming of his son. One of the other things that was very important under Alexander was in that Hellenistic culture, he introduced a world language, Greece. So no matter where you would go in the world, there were people who knew how to understand this common world language so that when the news of his son had come, it would be able to be communicated throughout the world at that time. But that quickly came to an end when Alexander died at a relatively young age and his four generals took over his kingdom and it became split again. The two prominent generals, Ptolemy and Seleucid, occupied the, the greater portions of that kingdom and they also encouraged this Hellenistic culture, this let's listen to the new ideas, let's have this awareness of knowledge and this hunger and thirst to understand things in a broader sense and know how they are to be applied. But with that, that kingdom began to fracture. But it also introduced something you probably have heard about, the Maccabeans, where Judas Maccabeus ends up in a military campaign and Jerusalem is now free from that rule but they have problems in their own way. You can see how God puts all of these things together and continues to prepare the world and make it ready for this fullness of time. So when Jesus comes and his disciples and apostles carry the message, the world is prepared in such a way that this message is carried out. And by the way, it's how and why we have the word today. This is the fullness of time. So the Maccabeans have some dissension in their own house and they make a very critical tactical error. They invite General Pompey from Rome to be helpful in bringing their situation to an end. They end up being under the rule of Rome. And we can see now that as Alexander's empire dissipates, now Rome comes in and God will use Rome in a powerful way in order to make ready for the coming of his son. One of the things that happens with that is Rome comes in and they conquer everything in sight. 
there is a Roman unity. No matter where you went in the world at that time, the Roman standard flew. And they were under that government. But it also had the Pax Romana, which was the peace of Rome. And in the peace of Rome, the people no longer needed to be occupied about their own safety and going to war. They had a government that was watching over them and there was a sense of peace so they would not be dissuaded in any way. They would not be interrupted. They could focus more on what the Hellenistic culture had to offer. But then, then there are the Roman roads. 10,000 laborers were commissioned by Augustus Caesar to build these roads, an intricate pattern. Pastor used the word on Wednesday night, the network of roads. And the roads were built by the Romans for one specific purpose. So that if anybody tried to get out of hand, the Roman legions could be dispatched on those roads and bring any type of challenge to the peace of Rome to a rapid end. But it would be those very Roman roads that would be used by the apostles so that they could carry the message of Jesus Christ to the known world under a united government that was at peace, they could take it to all corners of the world at that time. And here's where we get some interesting pieces that come together for us. Because, you know, there were 12 disciples who became 11, who then became 12. But you know, they were all Jewish. And then the 13th disciple happened along. He was also a Jew, born on, uh, circumcised on the eighth day, born of the tribe of Benjamin. His name was Saul, whose name became Paul. But because of this Hellenistic culture, you had universities that sprang up. Paul's father was a professor at the University of Troas. And because he was a professor at the University of Troas, he was given Roman citizenship, which his son Paul had. Paul could travel anywhere on the Roman, in the Roman Empire on the Roman roads. Those roads that were built specifically and designed for keeping people under the constraints of the Roman emperor were now being used by God's apostle Paul to carry the good news of Jesus Christ to every part of the empire. And the Hebrew traditions played an extremely important part in this fullness of time. How God assembled all of these things. There was no time before and there has been no time since that it was the fullness of time for God's Son to come. He will come again. But this fullness of time was a plan comprehended, instituted by Almighty God. What happens before Alexander the Great was even a person on earth, God's people were subjected to two dispersions. 
One in 722 BC, one in 586 BC. Those dispersions took God's people, the Jewish people, and spread them all over the place. They lost their worship life. What developed was the writings of scripture, the writings of the prophets were put on scrolls. And those scrolls were sent all over the world at that time because the dispersed Jewish people developed a type of worship without the temple called the synagogue. So all over the known world, God's Jewish people, the ones he had called, he had chosen to make himself known to the whole world, were now deposited everywhere and the word of God was with them and it was Paul the apostle a Roman citizen who was trained by Gamaliel who was considered the most knowledgeable person of the old scripture of his day Paul was his prized student and now his prized student who probably went to all of these other synagogues before to talk to them about Judaism is now sent to the same synagogues to tell them the incredible news of the Messiah's presence in their midst. These Hebrew traditions did not fall on ears that people had never heard before. This is what is called the fullness of time when God used all of these different situations to make ready the world for the coming of the Christ. So the message of his lordship would be carried as quickly and dispersed as widely as it could be. But there were other factors that were a part of this time of history also. We can see these alive in our world today. There was spiritual confusion because the Roman Empire especially encouraged all religions to flourish. They figured, well, what would it hurt? As long as you pay your taxes to Caesar, uh, just in case your God was real, they would allow you to worship, just so ask him to show some favor to Rome. So there was a spiritual confusion. People didn't know what was right and what was wrong. We can see that when Paul enters the Oropagus in Acts chapter 17 and says, let me tell you about the unknown God. And he introduces these philosophical school thinkers to the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the spiritual confusion of the day was a way that God prepared the world for the coming of his son and the message of his lordship. There was moral deterioration that was rampant, just like it is today. But in Rome, although it seemed to be good, they were decaying from the inside out. If you know anything about Roman history, it was a place where evil was prolific. It was everywhere. And it was into this moral deterioration that the news of the moral high ground in Jesus Christ would be able to be delivered. 
and there was a spiritual hunger. Because there was so much information out there, it created a hunger in people that they wanted to know what the truth was. They wanted the wisdom. How does this apply? How does it make any sense to us? In the fullness of time, God sent his son to redeem those so that we might receive full adoption. I would like to read to you again from the book of Ephesians chapter 1 that the pastor read. This is important. Knowing the fullness of time, here are the benefits that have been given to you and I by Almighty God because of that time. One thing we have to preface first is that if you look up the word blessed in the dictionary, the Webster's, it'll say happy. It means to be happy. But when the biblical writers write blessed, it's applied three different ways. Blessed means to praise God. Just like it says in the first verse as an example. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise him for the sending of his son. Blessed also means to find favor and privilege. May God bless you. May he show you favor and privilege. And it also means when used to invoke God's name, asking him, would you please bless this situation? So remember that as you hear this, and then I will give you the point of what I am trying to communicate. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Do you know what the purpose of God's will is? That we would return to his eternal presence. All this, the fullness of time and everything you're hearing is for one purpose, to save us from the separation of God. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved, his son. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. How does it apply according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, 
might be to the praise of its glory. That was his disciples. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. I bring this all to your attention because I want to wish you not a happy new year. I want to wish you a blessed new year. May you praise God. May he show you favor and privilege and may you call upon his name and invite him into every part of your life. May you have a blessed day. New Year. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the 